You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and I was at the 2008 AMA Medical Communications Conference in San Diego, where I had the opportunity to speak with several notable figures and pioneers in the field of medical communications. I'm speaking today with Dr. Scott Nelson, a family medicine physician based at Cleveland Family Medicine Clinic and the 2007-2008 president of the National Association of Medical Communicators, NAMSI. Welcome to our program. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Tell us a little bit about what brought you to our conference, the 2008 AMA Medical Communications Conference in San Diego. In a soundbite, which we like to use, of course, in communications, I feel I've come full circle. In 2001, San Diego, the, the site of this year's conference, was my very first convention. And uh, here I am again, well, gosh, it's uh, seven years later now, back as a president. I would have never thought that in that seven-year period of time I would have uh, been back here in that capacity. So that's been pretty exciting. But NAMSI has been a very significant organization. In, in my professional life. I don't think there's any question about it. I started out as a radio disc jockey uh, back in the, in, in the late 70s and had a great time with that. I was on a little 1,000-watt AM station uh, back in my hometown of Cleveland, Mississippi where I now practice. And, of course, had to leave that for several years as I went through college and went through med school and residency because I was slightly busy with other activities, you might, as you might imagine. But the broadcast bug never went away. And so when I came back to practice, about a year or so into it, I got to thinking, I said, I started seeing other physicians on television and on radio. And I said, you know, geez, I could do that too. And so I got wind, if you will, of this conference and a one via the AMA's site and I said, no, oh, this is just perfect. So a little bit of a, an, an antidote, if you will. But when I started in radio, this was back in the 70s of the top 40. I was a top 40 DJ and I was I was trained initially that you had your, your voice and your name and then you had an assumed radio name and you had to do this fake voice like it's WCLD 1490, Scott Nelson MD. I mean, this whole kind of fakey type thing is what everybody did. So when I come to the conference... I think, well, I'm going to really wow them with all this great presentation and just perfect uh, delivery and so forth. And, you know, the whole Ted Baxter sort of thing. For those of you who do remember the Mary Tyler Moore show, it didn't. And uh, so I started out on a teleprompter session with one of my instructors. And so I thought, I'm going to really nail this thing. So he pops up the script on the teleprompter. I start nailing this thing. And 25 million Americans in the United States today have obesity. And I was really going along. I thought, boy, my voice sounds so good. And he stops me right in the middle of it. And he goes, what are you doing? And so my face turns red and I sort of sink in my seat a little bit. And he goes, you said you're a family practice doctor from Cleveland, Mississippi. Is that right? I said, yes, it is. He says, why aren't you acting like that? And I'm like, I thought I was doing. He says, this isn't about you. You are a physician, and when people see you on television or when people listen to your voice on radio, they want to hear you as a physician, not the quintessential broadcaster. He says, tone it down, be yourself, use your southern accent. There's no problem with that because people are going to see right through you, and any message you're trying to get across becomes completely ineffective. So that was a great epiphany moment, if you will, for me, and that's something I've carried through all of these years is that you are going to learn to be a better communicator. You learn to use inflection in your voice to emphasize certain points, to think in sound bites, to communicate clearly, but do not do that at the expense of losing yourself, your personality, where you're from, and who you are. Great lesson learned. Yeah, it sounds like a like an extraordinary but hard lesson to learn. How have you evolved from those lessons? How have you incorporated that into your current practice and your current career in medical communications? In a couple of ways, the broadcast 
part of me versus the clinician. They complement each other so well. Let's say, for example, in the Mississippi Delta, we're all very busy. We're, we're underserved there in my family practice. So I'm going to see maybe an average of 30 patients a day. When I'm seeing 30 patients a day and I leave there and I go to the television studio, that television camera is simply patient 31 or 32. It doesn't matter how many people are are watching out there. And so I've been in that mode of engaging patients, communicating with patients, talking and disseminating information to them on a face-to-face basis in the office all day. And it's it's a fairly small leap for me to move into doing the very same thing electronically. Conversely, by talking on camera on a regular basis, staying up with the latest studies, staying up with subjects of my my, my television program, it keeps me abreast and in the loop of a lot of things that are going on. And so when I walk back into clinic practice the next day, people that have watched me the night before want to know about subject X and want some more information about it, and I feel like I can stay on top of things better with them. So it's almost a full circle type of deal. And how did you groove into a comfort zone in which you can integrate this extraordinary hobby, if you will, (laughs) and alternate practice into your clinical practice? Because I'm sure there are so many listeners out there right now who are thinking that their biggest barrier is finding a way to comfortably transition to be able to add that to their their life. How did you get into that comfort zone? How did you make it such a, a smooth transition? The watchwords communication. A lot of people, when they see a microphone stuck up in their face or they see a television camera stuck up in their face, it's very intimidating. And they get the old deer in the headlights look, as we call it. But I'll tell other medical professionals when they come to the conference, how do you work past that? It's focusing on what you do as a physician. No matter if you've got not gotten within 10 feet of a microphone before, as a physician, especially if you're a primary care physician, you are a communicator. What you must do every day effectively is to communicate very vital information to your patients. So if you use that as your backdrop and if you use that as your mindset when you, when you get into this, it really sort of helps you. So the first few times I did it, what I would do is I would literally have a mental picture of a gentleman and his wife or a couple of kids sitting on the couch and they're flipping through the channels and they're going through the local news and I've got this really new and important development, let's say on diabetes, for example, and I'm thinking I want to get that message across. I want them to stop flipping the remote. I want them to stop on my station and my channel and listen. And so it helps me to project there's a patient on the other end of that television lens or on the opposite end of the uh, microphone in the broadcast tower. As long as you keep that in mind and that you're, you are a healthcare professional and you are talking to someone on the other end about a subject and they want to know, that works for me. You make it sound extraordinarily uh, easy. Well, it is <laughs> easier said yeah. than done, tr- truly enough. But that is the beauty of this conference. And that's why I would recommend any physician who has an interest in communications to come to this conference because we have programs set up specifically for that. And, and I'd like to add, if you're interested in the broadcast track, if you want to do a radio show, if you want to do a TV show, we've got all sorts of different seminars, classes for you to do. Yet, by the same token, if you're interested in doing webcasting or public speaking or speaking for an organization, those things are there for you, too. The mantra, if you will, the big thing I would tell someone is that we all know that there are just a multitude of media outlets that are out there now, be on the Internet, radio, television, and so forth. And some are, like this organization, responsible, good. You're going to get a super, very uh, sound source of medical information from this channel. But then again, especially when you look at sources on the Internet, some things aren't reliable. Physicians have 
traditionally shied away from media opportunities, but now more than ever, it is so, so very important for you to become proactive when it comes to media encounters, because if you don't, I can guarantee you someone else who may not be a medical professional is going to, and what they disseminate to your patients in the audience may not be accurate. Personally, I'd rather be the one talking to my patients. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, your host, and I'm speaking with Scott Nelson, a family practitioner at the Cleveland Family Medicine Clinic and 2007-2008 president of the National Association of Medical Communicators, or NAMSI. Dr. Nelson, why don't you tell us a little bit about NAMSI and its role at this conference, the 2008 AMA Medical Communications Conference in San Diego? Sure. NAMSI is an approximately 25-year-old organization, and it was originally started by uh, television physicians. Some of the uh, original members were Dr. Timothy Johnson of ABC News, Dr. Art Uline of NBC News, and several of the physicians are still active and involved in the organization today. And it's since grown and has become more inclusive, as we have discussed previously, for all types of communications. But we stand for the National Association of Medical Communicators. Now, we are technically an independent organization of the American Medical Association and the annual health reporting conference, but as I'm fond of saying, we're sort of a symbiotic relationship. Uh, Both of us function much better with the existence of the other. So we are very closely intertwined with this annual conference. We, A lot of our faculty are also NAMSI members. So it's an organization that, again, is dedicated to those people, not only physicians, Let's emphasize that. Any sort of healthcare professional that is out there that has a, either a need to disseminate health information or is doing so already, we want to be the go-to organization. For example, it's an organization where you can come to this convention, talk with people of your kind who share your passion, share your interest for informing patients. But yet, by the same token, it can also be, and what we we're getting real headway in, progress in rather, is we are becoming an organization that is a go-to site for media outlets. Let's say you're entertainment tonight. Let's say you're the TV Guide channel and you need a medical expert for topic X. We are more and more becoming that source that those organizations can come to and say, we need a spokesperson for this and we facilitate that. So that's an exciting part of it for us, too. What about your experience as president? You're just about to round that up and hand off the torch to a new president. What has your experience been like? Can you share with us uh, some of the perspectives you've gained in a head position, a leading position for NAMSI? It's been really good. A lot of conference calls, and it's been a balancing act. That's, uh, to be perfectly candid, when one looks into doing medical communications, it's a difficult balance sometimes between a very busy clinical practice and then trying to do the NAMSI conference calls or if a media request comes and so forth. And typically they'll come. We had a lot of them you know, during flu season. <laughs> I've got people lined up out the door you know, in my, in my lobby with the flu this past year, but yet I still had my NAMSI duties to take care of. Bit of a challenge, but we had a lot of important things that we needed to do. We're trying to, again, increase our visibility as an organization, which we've made really good headway with that. Of course, there are always sponsors to help us do things. And one of the things we've also trying to do too is that since we are communicators and this is an area where news people or uh, media people come, there's no reason we can't also make this a news event or a media event, especially if we s- surround it around a particular health topic. And that's one of the things I've been trying to focus on in this past year, too. We'll take diabetes, for example. Since 20% of my patient population has diabetes, which is an astounding number, by the way, we're thinking about 
taking either all or part of the conference in future years and perhaps doing a public awareness theme around diabetes, for example, and giving people an opportunity to not, not only come here but learn, but also an opportunity to come here and make news. We could have a keynote speaker on those things. So those are some of the things that we've worked at, but it's been a wonderful, positive experience, a lot of fun. Several media opportunities have, uh, have come out of it for our, our members as well, which I'm really excited about. And the biggest thing that I'm proud of is that we grew our membership this year. We have more NAMSI members now than ever before, so it's a sign to me that word's getting out. Well, Dr. Nelson, thanks so much for your time. I'm glad to be here, and thank you so very much. You've been listening to ReachMD XM157, highlighting the 2008 AMA Medical Communications Conference in San Diego. For questions and comments, or to access our library of interview podcasts, log on to ReachMD.com and register with the promo code RADIO. Thanks so much for listening. This ReachMD program is featured on Sermo, a free online community exclusively for physicians. To discuss this program with your colleagues, visit www.sermo.com. That's S-E-R-M-O dot com. When you join, enter ReachMD in the promotion box to receive a $15 Amazon gift card.